Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You just be sitting up there jacked with Pepsi. <laughs> I'm there for the pot goat. You just got to pack me in committed to the bow early on like i love getting close and putting up you cover a range of stuff on here too right like we call this the uh, the thp world headquarters you know my grandpa roy weatherby i came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls just you're canadian we're doing yeah, a canadian I... podcast my name's douglas Bowes. i'm robbie denning that's three quarters of the battle uh, according to kevin's tips on bow hunting yeah, so you oh. gotta look good, feel good, play good. It's all about looks. Should I go get changed? Looks. <laughs> yeah, you I'll should. just go get changed then. Yeah, yeah. Work. I don't even have any oh, pants hold on. on. <laughs> oh, look. Oh, nice. Oh, there we go. Cheers, fellas. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Hard to. Yeah, no, uh, I took Evie out fishing uh, right after work there. Yeah. And went to get on the ice in our usual spot, but there's a bit of a pressure crack there and. One of them, one of four wheels ended up in the bottom. Oh, nice! Yeah, I had to get. Yeah, wow. I had to get towed out. It wasn't bad. Like I didn't even try my chains yet or anything, but it's just like motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. That at least I wasn't quick. way out there. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt, man. Good God, I've always thought about that ice fishing when it's you see guys out on you know pretty local lake just out on Wood Lake or something like that, and guys push it like pretty late, and you're like, I wonder how many times you've ran that a little too close to the flame oh man and most of the lake is good we went on we just had to go on a different way it was just like the beginning there's still like yeah. 26 inches of ice out there but it was just oh, like yeah. at shore it can be iffy in different spots so usually i go slow it in shore so that if you're gonna drop through you're gonna drop through where it's easy to get you out <laughs> and if you have to get out farther then that's when you speed up a little more but that'll be the last time i go on the ice with the truck i'll just be hoofing her from now on yeah right on man Nice. Fuck, when yeah, I see yeah. that ice melting, I would not be pumping no. a truck out there. I don't know. No. 
as soon as the sun, sun starts shining, but I mean, I was, I don't know shit about ice fishing, but as soon as that sun, sun starts shining, I'm like, mm, yeah, maybe not bunch of plus temperatures. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It just depends on how much, most of it is how much snow is on the top that melts. Cause when you get water on top of the ice, then it starts rotting from the top and the bottom. Oh, and wow. that's when it goes quick as long. And we don't have much snow. Like we haven't for a long time. So it's right. We're able to drive on it now for a lot longer than we have been. And yeah. in the past. So nice. But again, yeah, not going on again. Yeah. I'll go, yeah. Out, my, I'll go out with my feet, but not that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fuck. It's yeah. bear season soon anyway, buddy. Put the rods away. Oh, oh man. Hey, my bow's getting its new site this weekend. It's getting some new, new what strings. Are you getting? I ended up going with the spot hog triple stack. Oh, nice. That's what's, uh, that's what I just took off this new bow just because I'm using a dialed site here for the next little bit. Oh, nice. But uh, what one do you have on specifically? The Arxos. I don't I know that I know that one. The, di- the dialed, dialed, you know, the dialed sites, obviously. Yeah. 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 The Ar- I don't know. It's like the Picatinny rail attachment, the like oh, okay. slide. I think they I only, how many did they have? I thought they only had one. I thought they only had one too. Pete and I were talking okay. about that. We, You and I were talking about these, oh. the sites a while ago. Yeah, because uh, they look like they look slick. They look super cool. Oh yeah, super cool looking site. Yeah, but like, I don't know, questionable. Like nothing against. No, you know, I, I've never used one, so. Yeah, I've only I shot it at the range, right? So can't I don't judge. But just like, well, even when like the first time we were putting your bow together, we were playing with it, and I was like, man, it just seems like it's yeah. really light, and it just, yeah, I don't know. It's it oh, really okay. Simple. Well, so it's a little bit almost like too light, like you're waiting. I don't know, man. I think uh, in BC we you put you put gear to the test like nowhere else in BC. I think, and uh, I'm hard on stuff. Like I'm notoriously hard on stuff. When I race downhill bikes, I was hard on stuff. Like I'm just always hard on stuff. Um, to me, there's too many things that like uh, there's too many things on this site that can. Oh, I just this bolt wiggled loose on uh-huh. the the drive in, and then okay. now my axis has changed. Like what? my second axis has changed. And I'm like, and I, and again, like how much difference will that make? Well, I mean, I guess it depends how far you're shooting and all that stuff, but there's a bunch of stuff that happens. I think that, uh, I'll just, I'll just wait to see. I mean, last year when I was on yeah. Haida Gwaii, my, you know, it's nothing against nothing against Hoyt or anything like that, but like the whole bow, like parts of it just kept unscrewing to the point when, that by the sucks. time I h- hiked back down, I always had, I normally have Loctite with me for whatever, like random little thing, just a tiny little tube. And I just took all those parts off that kept unscrewing and then Loctite them and then tied them back, like tightened them back down. And there was no more problem. But I mean, I'd be going up and I'm like, Oh, where, where'd that piece go? And it was gone. Uh-huh. And luckily it was never anything major. Like it was my little, those little, like mm-hmm. little vibration dampeners and yeah. stuff on the end, stuff that doesn't matter that much. But yeah. again, nice it's to just, have. that's yeah, going to start just, messing with you a little bit though. You start thinking about it when you shouldn't yeah. be having to think, about it or you're constantly looking for your shit because you think something's falling off right so i don't know there's a bit of that (laughs) i'm excited to use it because but there's like it's kind of claim to fame so far that i've seen one it looks amazing yeah it looks badass two it it stretched a lot of guys out from like like 110 yards they can now shoot 125 i like was launching arrows at like 130 and it wasn't bottomed out so like i'm never shooting an animal from there and if you shot a lot of tack archery or something like that, like you shot a lot of that stuff, it, I think it's maybe kind of nice for you, but 
because there's so much clearance when you bottom it out between the rest mm-hmm. and that that like you you got endless amounts of room yeah that's cool. so yeah it's a cool looking site the thing that i don't didn't like is like you know with the spot hog and other sites the micro adjust the dials to micro adjust to micro tune yeah those and the big toggles like that's one thing i love about the spot hog is because it's got the big toggles on it you can open them up you can micro adjust your windage or elevation and then you can reef it back down with that toggle which i do i like because you know it's you nice. shoot enough you shoot enough arrows and those eventually they do start to come wiggle yeah. well the other thing too <clears throat> with the triple stack that's pretty slick is that you can adjust those three pins you can adjust those like three pins up and down mm-hmm. so you can be you can be you know if you're top top pin and you're at 20 on your side on your sight tape you can be 20 and then you can adjust that next one to be 35 and then you know yeah. your distances in between and then that bottom one you can kick way out to to 50 or 60 if you want to but i ran mine at 20 30 and 40 uh yeah. so i mean basically from 50 and in i'm almost never i never need to dial yeah which yeah, is it, amazing yeah it the triple stack is nice um I, I, I found, I don't, I only use the bottom two pins when I was just pissing around. Yeah. But I mean, if you did get into a situation where you didn't have time, like tree stand hunting or doing anything like that. Right. Um, or even in a blind, it'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I don't, there was definitely some situations where on high to Gwai where I kind of felt like I was like, oh man, like, I'm glad I had this just because you kind of. You're like, oh, I should get a cruise around this corner and the deer should be right here. And then you cruise around that corner and like the deer's like, you know, quite a bit further away and staring at you with all the does looking yeah. at you. And I'm like, oh, sick. Like I, I now at least have like, yeah, I have that already. I don't have to fuck around with yeah. my side thingy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to have those, have that option too. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Like something. I would rather have all the time in the world to dial yeah, and do yeah. all the things, but I mean, realistically, yeah. that's just not the case. Yeah. Very rarely is that ever the case. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless Whereabouts you're... on Haida Gwaii were you hunting? Uh, we were on Moresby Island. Okay. And then uh, went boated out of QCC through the Narrows and then down yeah. like down the West uh, Coast side. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a beautiful out there. Man. On obviously like remote northern hunting and stuff like that. There's a lot of cool mm-hmm. shit, but I don't know. It felt like it felt a little, it almost felt like a little, you were stepping back in time when oh, you yeah. were there for sure yeah like it's, it was it's just, a whole nother lifestyle out there like yeah. at, at some point in time you just thought you were maybe going to see an animal that like hasn't been seen for like a thousand years or something yeah. like that yeah. like or like you know you climb up to the top because it's so cool you get so much bang for buck there you, you take a little bit of time you punch up into the alpine in you know half a day and then you're at the basically the highest peaks yeah. that high Guay has to offer almost and then you kind of get up there and you start looking around. And you're like, this is crazy. You almost feel like, like a dinosaur could just roll right out of like some basin yeah, somewhere, yeah, man. It's yeah. an archipelago. It's a pretty neat place. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Lauren and I were talking about this. It's like one of the buddies I went up there with last year. If I ever draw that bear tag um, or he does or something like that, I think I would try and go up there for like a three-week trip. Yeah. And like spend, bring, you know, family, whoever wanted to come. For, even if non-hunters, you want to mm-hmm. go out fishing, fish out a rental sound. Mm-hmm. and just hang oh, out there's and, so much to do it's a great place to visit right like yeah. and it's such a long trip from us down here i mean you you as well yeah. obviously but like it's such a long yeah, way man. that it's that's why i haven't been up there in well, like 20, just, 22 yeah. years or something like that right so that's right, where my right, parents right. live so your parents yeah, live on Haida. yeah they're in uh qci there oh yeah cool man or 
Queen Charlotte City. Yeah, yep. Wait, so yeah, yeah. They've been there Watch, for, well, they've kids been there now. since Kevin and I stopped uh, playing hockey together. They moved there. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, no, that's not happening. So I'm moving back to Inverness. <laughs> I wasn't moving. Beautiful place to visit. Just me personally, there was nothing there for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair all. enough. I think that's exactly it. It's a it's a deadly place to visit. Like I know the um made pretty good friends with the CEO up there. His name's Tony. Really, really, really nice guy. Um, and I mean, I, it's perfect, right? Like he took that CEO posting. That's considered a remote posting. And once you've lived like done, I think four years or something like that, or three years, any posting he wants that comes up, he can get. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm really being punished. He's a hardcore hunter. Yeah. And his no wife's doubt. a school teacher. He's like, and he's a hardcore fisherman. He's like, oh <laughs> yeah, I'm really being me. punished. Yeah. <laughs> to, to drive around and, and have a great time on Idaguay. It's like, yeah. yeah, this is really the worst time of my life. I'm if you're an outdoorsman and you don't mind you know a little remoteness that's the place to be because like you could there's fishing like endless un, hiking yeah and unreal fishing on both the west and the east yeah. coast of charlotte i mean you go up north you got dixon you got dixon entrance and then you got queen Charlotte sound like right below you and like man there's just endless fishing opportunities around there and just yeah the wildlife on there i mean you got bear there's elk out there yeah there's, like endless deer yeah, I mean, any opportunity you want there, you can you yeah. can capture for sure. Yeah, and it's not now far away. Bears like, you, out you there, jump. You could jump on Go a ahead. boat and like you're. I mean, you're hunting goats not far, like oh. an hour and a half, two hours from boat. Punch over and you're yeah. hunting like Boone and Crockett goats. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty slick. Yeah, and you're also like up as soon as you catch the ferry over or whatever, or if you fly with your gear and meet a buddy or something like that in FSJ. Or like terrace, you can easily get a flight to. Yeah. And you're right into sheep country, like pretty quick. Yeah, you yeah. know, versus us down here. Yeah. What'd you say, sorry, there, Pia, about the bears? I was gonna say, if I remember right, like the bears on on Hyde Gwaii, there, they're big ass black bears, aren't they? Huge. If I rem- yeah, that's what I vaguely yeah. remember. Yeah, five hundred pounds. Yeah, like that's what monsters. I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, slugs. I remember from my mom's wedding. Actually, we headed down to uh, I can't remember the name of the creek. It was just, I don't know if it's just north or just south of the the city there, and uh, all the coho were running, and it, you oh, know yeah. it's like fishing a barrel, and this is like back in the heyday of fishing, right? And I remember going down there, and I think I had five coho or something like that for whatever the limit was. Caught the limit. We we're gonna take them back and have them fresh barbecue for the wedding dinner. Wow. And I remember my uncle is on top of the bridge screaming down at me and he's a practical joke guy, you know, bear, bear, run. There's a bear, you know, basically look up at him laughing, flip him the bird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Next thing I know, I look across the Creek and there's a big ass black bear coming up and down. <laughs> yeah. I left all my fishing gear, but he says he still remembers to this day. I was not leaving all those fish. I had a fish <laughs> basically is on all my fingers. I had them all by the gills and I started running up the other side. <laughs> And I was like, I guess we'll come back for the fishing gear in a couple hours. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Shit. There's a, we had a a pretty cool run in. We freaking Lauren arrowed this deer, like from the top of this, like little slide shoot right through the pipe and it like slid down. And basically there's these, this, like, uh, we saw these two bears fight earlier over this sow, which was also like, I don't know if I'll ever see that again in my life. That's rare to see. Right. Like these two bears went at it. And it's actually like sidebar on the story. (laughs) Myself, Lauren and his uh, stepbrother were all 
uh, sorry, not stepbrother, brother-in-law are all <laughs> just shooting the shit and watching these bears through the binos. And you can hear the man, like 400 pound plus black bears, just like you hear the, like the boom, the like growling and Lauren mutters under his breath. He's like, man, I wouldn't stand a chance. As if in his mind, he thought maybe he stood a chance if a if a lowly black bear got a hold of him and like, oh fuck, Phil and I just like pissed ourselves for the rest of the trip. And it's still like an ongoing joke. So anyway, That's so that funny. so that one boar wins, gets the sow, and then they're like hours and hours and hours later, they're down at the bottom of this chute. Lorne arrows this deer, it runs 20 feet freaking slides down this thing and literally like these two bears they hear the thwack of the string and then they kind of were like oh what's that because like, these bears have probably never seen yeah. a human being in their oh, life yeah. right and because like yeah. up in the top of the alpine up there and these bears this it, this deer just slides past them and they're like huh would you look at that <laughs> so he comes back he's like guys we gotta get down there so we get down there and there's this other like pretty good like not pretty good this decent buck that I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm like, give me the, the gun. I'm going to wax that buck right there. And then we can go get yours. And then we can just two for one it. Cause we're running out of days that we're going to go down. So I kind of like this pretty sketchy shot. Like anyways, over top of, over top of Lauren, and <laughs> like smoke this deer. We'll go make sure it's good. And then we're like, oh, okay, great. So we go back and we just leave that deer there and we go back to Lauren's and then we're like down there. It's like, Oh, the, well, the deer was there. Where is it? And then, you know, there's this sow. And so we kind of like shoot a couple rounds close to it. Cause you're not allowed to shoot bears there. It messes off. And then we're like, well, where's the deer still? And you can see these blood tracks getting dragged. And, and like, <laughs> you look through the trees and there's this, this boar standing there. So we shoot a couple times at feet at its feet, man. And it didn't give two no. shits. No, it was just oh, looking really? at us. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like, like almost gonna it was just like what are you doing yeah fuck off not a chance this yeah. is mine and then it literally just laid down crossed its gigantic paws and put its head down on his paws and like took a nap and like <laughs> lauren phil and i looked at each other we're like that's up i guess that's the end of that trip yeah. <laughs> or i guess that's the end of that year so you we win <laughs> we paid yeah 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 exactly luckily you're allowed another 12 after that one yeah yeah there was <laughs> yeah. not a shortage of, of issues at that point we got another one on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> so it was okay. But yeah, it was, it was, it was cool, man. I mean, just like I said, that whole experience, like, yeah. you know, and then, and then we fished for four or five days afterwards down there and getting yeah. bumped about and, you know, it yeah, was the, awesome. the fishing makes it worthwhile just alone. I mean, uh, totally. Yeah. But just the hunting opportunities out there is pretty, it's pretty freaking cool for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bucket list for sure. And that, yeah, that, that bear hunt would definitely be cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, yeah i mean it'd be it'd be great i think they four a year or something like yeah, that they don't do a lot no yeah they were talking too about getting rid of that there i know there was some there was a few waffles. years ago yeah there was something going on there um like eliminated altogether yeah yeah that bear that oh, bear okay hunt. yeah yeah because it's like their only predator control check for yeah. meant to be their only predator control check for all those deer that are up there Meanwhile, well, this is, yeah, this is how backwards the government is. Meanwhile, I can't take somebody from Alberta. I can't hunt or host them there to shoot some deer, but we can shoot 150 of them if we want to, you know? Oh, I know. It's and they paid insane. like 7 million bucks or whatever it was to the New Zealand government yeah. to come up and sharpshoot them from a helicopter. Yeah. As well, if we couldn't do that either. Yeah. 
So, and then you figure, but then like the people, the stores, the community of right. Skidigat, Charlotte City, and even Massad, if you want up yep. top, to allow like all those little cities that people would be going to because they're coming yep. from Alberta. They've never seen that place. I mean, it's totally. an arch- archipelago. They'd be spending money at all these little places, traveling all For over, sure, yeah. all over it, checking it out and doing like, day fishing trips. Oh, yeah. Like as much and as only you want, that, man. there's charters out of there. Like once they come once, the, the chances of them coming oh. back again, like, hey, let's, there's a charter here. Let's bring a couple guys from Alberta. We'll go yep. do a charter. Yeah. But no, well, yeah, especially when they realize they have an even, they, they don't even have a clue how much there is to see up there until they're up there. And then it's, oh, yeah, that's when what they I mean. put it's in there, whatever. The introduction vacation. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. holy shit. Like, yeah, we could come up here for years and not see the same thing twice. For sure. Like, without a doubt. So, I mean, that's just, but I mean, that's, that's the, you know, that's one of the issues with, with hunting and the government right now, right? Is it just not a lot of the left hand doesn't know quite what the yeah. right's doing? I don't know if that's a right now thing. I don't know. I think that's always been a, that was, no, that was, um, that was just after, uh, because like they closed Haida Gwaii to during COVID, yeah, and then afterwards, then they open it back up. No more hunters. Oh no, I know. I mean, though, like our oh. government not having a fucking oh clue yeah, you well, I mean, what's yes. going on with our government? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a that's a whole different podcast, maybe. But it's uh, it's uh... oh, that's a never ending podcast. <laughs> that one, yeah. That's for us boys in that's... BC, anyway. Yeah, man, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's so, um, before we get back onto the hunting topics, which. Uh, I want to kind of talk, Wardo, a little bit about you, mm-hmm. uh, your background a bit, and kind of like, you know, where you fit into the puzzle. Yeah, geez, that's a, a, a good question. I'm a, a guy from who found hunting a little bit later in life. Um, I only really started hunting in 2018. And then since then, it's been quite the fire hose of, uh, mm-hmm. of hunts. A lot of time spent up north. It's pretty much become my, uh, my number one hobby that has become a life and a lifestyle, um, to the point last year, I was, you know, assistant guiding with Ben Storak there at Arcadia for sheep and, and, uh, did a good enough job for him to, to ask me to come back again this year and do some more sheep and, and then maybe some goats and stuff like that too. So that's kind of a, uh, like in a nutshell, but how I kind of fit into the, that's the, the, I would say kind of like the exponential increase in my hunting time, Mm -hmm. um, has come from, a couple weeks like a spring bear and then a fall elk and then kind of putting around trying to figure out some whitetail stuff and and then all of a sudden to you know three flying hunts in one year and then the next you know and oh, then yeah. the next yeah. year and yeah. all of a sudden and, it was just and it, it the the funny thing is while we're on this conversation i kind yeah. of want to get into like um your medical background yeah that was like, the next thing yeah. where i was coming um but while we're on this conversation because it it comes up a lot and it's funny like we, t- we talk about often about like how long we always ask like okay how did you get into hunting how long you've been hunting okay and then like people say oh like myself i started hunting at a young age yeah no i didn't hunt well, like i hunt now when i was nine years old of course and i have buddies that were 20 years old got their hunting license they went once didn't go again for 10 years and then maybe every second year they'll get out for two days or three day weekend while they're camping right and then i also have other buddies who get out once a year, they go for five days and they hunt. Now you add up all those days in the bush. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been hunting for 15 years. How many days of in the bush have you been compared to somebody like yourself got into it later, but live, eat, and breathe hunting. Yeah. And you, you know, now you're, in a tent. <laughs> yeah, you're a student of the game where it's yeah. not like everything. And we were talking about this earlier when we we're working on your bone is like, 
everything you do, you, you build your life around hunting. It's like fitness. Yep. Shooting your bow every day, scouting, e-scouting that, you know, just looking at Tobin maps, looking, talking to people yep. like the podcast, which we can get it. We're going to get into later. Yeah. Like it, everything you do, you like your, your life just flips into, you know, and you're, you're obsessed. It becomes an obsession for sure. And so like, it's funny. It's just, you, you brought it up. So I wanted to touch on it because we talk about it all the time and yeah. it's just like, well, how do you judge experience? Cause like right away you said you're, you got into it later in life, but I mean, really you've probably hunt, had more days hunting than a lot of guys who've started hunting when they're 15. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I, I also am super thankful for the guys that I've been able to go hunting mm -hmm. with, right? Like, you know, super renowned sheep guide. And then the, the guys I have at my, you know, disposal to ask questions and learn from like yep. yourself included now, most recently. I mean, I definitely have surrounded myself with people that if I can even come close to, you know, doing what they do a little bit, I, I, I say you're doing it the right way kind of thing. And then that's where I use the podcast a little bit is my, my medical mm -hmm. well, like my strength and conditioning background and kind of the Cairo physio world because everybody's out there, Kev included, who has ground themselves into the earth because a lot of us don't do this as a full-time job. And then, so you have a full-time job and then a lot of guys, full-time jobs are, doesn't matter if you're on a desk or doesn't matter if you're, you know, laying brick or doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're what you're doing, right. If you're sitting in the mobile command center of your, of your pickup as a GC, you all have individual problems and then you get out and want to pound on it real hard. You'll all come up with the same relative injuries, right? Low back pain, knee pain, neck, shoulder, ankle, so on and so forth. So at that point, that's where I started this kind of thing with mountain strong before I even hunted. And that was with through the beyond the kill, the journal of mountain hunting. We had this company called mountain strong. And then that didn't quite go the way we hoped it would go. It was just honestly before it's time. And I mean, nothing against uh, Weston from, from mountain strong. He's a great dude. I met him this year for the first time. Um, he kind of saw, he asked Adam a lot of questions about what, what we were doing with, with the mountain strong stuff. And then mountains, mountain tough started and they went full, full, full go into it as you have to in the fitness space. Um, and then I was just starting, I was just at Cairo school at the time. Adam had other shit on the go and it was kind of this thing that just got put on the back burner. But then when I did the elk film in 2018 that I was asked that Adam asked if I wanted to do, then more and more guys started asking me questions via the podcast. Hey, knee this, Hey, low back. Hey, do you think you could help me out to the point? It just made more sense. I can't quite remember when it started, but I think 2019, I just started doing the quick and dirty with Wardo episodes, maybe 2020, the quick and dirty with Wardo episodes, because, you know, I can talk for about like a very simple thing to do with your ankle and give you some real pointed tips and try and cut through the shit in about seven minutes. And that's something that some guy can listen to one time and be like, Okay, yep. I can do exactly this mm -hmm. versus an hour covering everything to do with the ankle. You lose, you know, oh, where did I pick that up? And oh, what point was it? So, you know, like that very minimal detail I found, like, cause that's trying, that's how I try and treat people in the, in the treatment room as well. It's like, let's work on this one thing, master that one thing, get better. And let's see what we need to do after that. Mm -hmm. So I just applied that to the like mountain, like the mountain athlete, which is how I treat everyone regardless if you're a, a truck hunter, or regardless if you're, you know, a sheep guide, or if you're, you know, going on your first backpack hunt or whatever, it doesn't really matter to me. We're all the same. It's all the same bodies and it's all the same kind of bullshit that usually gets done with them. And there's just different levels, um, you know, of people of, of, of how things, how things are going to get done and then wear and tear on it. And then the strength that comes with it at each joint and each muscle. So that's kind of like 
in a, in a very condensed Coles notes version, I was very happy to give back to this community that I would say has given me a really cool, a really cool passion later in life. And it mm -hmm. started more from, um, you know, I was, I was getting to the point where I was really, I got really into cooking and then I was really interested in where my food came from. And like everything in life, ignorance is bliss. Cause then I found out and it, it wasn't so good. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm going to Winco in the United States with, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and the, just the most deplorable conditions possible for factory farming. And, uh, and I was like, well, I can't do this for much longer and like have a good conscience about it. So I started figuring out where I was going to get my food from. And at the time I couldn't afford, um, you know, small, like small, like a small hobby ranch or small hobby farm and know where my cattle and chicken and pork and all that came from. So I was like, well, I'm going to try hunting. This is going to be the way I'm going to fill my freezer. Little do you know that that's not exactly yeah, the case. Yeah. And then I always blame my, you know, the, the people around me, I wish I didn't know as much about like hunting and conservation as I do, you know, now you're just like, sure. Like, a, I mean, this last year I've had a lot more days locally. And I mean, I was like, there were so many just like little spike deer and these like little tiny twos and stuff like that. I'm just letting them go. And then my other buddies are like, Oh, you're crazy, man. Like, you know, like I fucking haven't seen a deer in the wild for months or years. And I'm like, Oh man, you gotta put more time in. Yeah. Well, um, and that, that goes back oh, to what yeah. I was saying earlier. It's just like, you know, and I get it. Like if, you know, like you got three kids at home, you get like some people only have two weeks off. Right. And For it's sure. very selfish to say, okay, I'm going yeah. on a, I'm spending my two weeks hunting, hunting. I That's mean, some wild. people just don't have that opportunity. No. So, I mean, it, it all depends on your situation, I guess. And yeah, but totally. Um, like I was saying before that goes into experience. I mean, you know, yeah, you started a little later, but I mean, you already have the experience now where you can pass up on deer. And like, the thing is, it's not easy to pass up on legal deer. I don't oh, care man. what anyone says. Like if you're hunting, if you're spending 10 days in the book, you've hunted for 10 days only. And you now you finally see a legal mule deer you can shoot. doesn't matter if it's got two points out of its head. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. well, fuck it. I'm taking it down. Cause I haven't seen a guy. I haven't seen one at all. Totally. Right. And then like, but yeah. it, it, you have to, you got to just like force yourself and challenge yourself. And it takes going out all the time and being like you know what i'm just gonna pass on that one because i'm confident enough i'm gonna i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put the time in totally. where i'm gonna see another one i'm i'm not worried about that and like that I, just comes back to experience and like yeah you, you you have to gain that experience it doesn't come it doesn't come easy yeah i think i love at this point too like i love hunting i love finding new zones and figuring out the zones that you have and and last year was the first year i really put any time into hunting around like relatively locally around Kelowna. um just cause it, there's a lot of pressure and, and a lot of guys and you got to figure out where to go. And I was, it was just easy. It was as crazy as it was just easier to go up North <laughs> to be honest. So, yeah. um, yeah. but that being said, I wanted, I was so interested in like figuring zones out and like where I could go and, and so on and so forth. And it was the beginning of elk season and I was finally getting better at calling and I'd seen some sign and I'd, I, you know, and I was like, Oh yes, this is going to be good. And then this like pretty decent whitetail like buck popped out. And I was like, ah, I'm a long way from the truck. If I put this down, it's pretty hot. I'm definitely just got to like yep. take care of it. And that's probably my day and I'm mm -hmm. going back home and there's nothing wrong. Like that would have been great. But meanwhile, I was like, Oh fuck. I was like, I'm out here to hunt elk right now. Yeah, I was like, yeah. so I just kind of yeah. like watched them for a while. Yeah. And uh, man, it was, it would have been good. But meanwhile, you know, just a little bit later I was calling, I was doing some calling and this, like, you know, this 
this elk busted out of the trees. Um, he was a three point sadly, but, uh, but I mean, still, I was like, well, that could have easily been, yeah. could have easily been a six. Right. And that was the first time I'd ever Absolutely. had an elk, elk come in. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can't remember how I even got on that tangent, but that's where like the point of this, I'm fascinated with this hunting space and, and the, the, the people in it and the stories. And I'm, I'm even fascinated by the, the effort, like the conservation effort and the, the battle between kind of the forces of, of government and the hunting population guide outfitters association, you know, everybody trying to do the right thing and that, all these kind of interesting things, right. That uh, it's just been an interesting world to get into. It's definitely a very complicated multifaceted sp- space the yeah hunting space. yeah it's and you know from the outside looking in you might just think that oh yeah there's hunters but no there's like there's like sheep hunters right and there's like elk hunters and there's yeah. like goat hunters and there's like valley hunters and there's truck hunters and there's duck hunters yeah and there's freaking yeah. you know what i mean like it's just yeah yeah it's it's if you're not oh, in and the, the world, bow hunters and the and the oh, rifle yeah. hunters and, and, and the, it, hey you get into archery and then it's like traditional versus compound right like compound compound shouldn't even be archery to the to the trad tra- guys right like and then no. and then you use the dirty word of crossbow and oh, like yeah. that's Ooh. cheating yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I, like I, I can't i can't remember i think we came up with this thing we're stuck up north and plane couldn't get us because ice or something like that it's like i think we could really make a petition like unless you have one of like the like uh like a like a legal impairment you shouldn't be allowed to own a crossbow i think we came up with like exactly that i'm sure it's going to piss some people off oh but... yeah it always does <laughs> but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you say i mean you could say right you could say 6.5 creep mirrors are shit that, you know what i mean a 6.5 prc is a lot better it doesn't matter you're gonna piss somebody yeah. off ah no uh, the creed more crowd yeah, yeah that's always a good one yeah. too and it's funny because like we never like i i'm a bow hunter pete's bow hunter and we don't ever talk about rifles and stuff and like our conversations are just compound bows right because right. that's our niche this is what we talk about. we talk about yeah mule deer mostly and elk and and archery and um so our listeners are I, I think they're they're pretty used to our conversation but yeah when you start adding in all these other different aspects of of the hunting space yeah yeah it gets pretty uh and i think there needs to be like people gotta stop pissing and moaning and yeah, set aside do. some differences because like i think holy the, shit man like well, yeah, and, put their and egos aside. Yeah. It's the egos. Well, for sure. It's just like, for yeah. sure. Why can't you just be happy? You know, if somebody shoots a spiked deer, why are you jumping on them? Maybe that's their first right. deer they've ever shot. Right. You, should, you see the smile on their face. You should hope that maybe that's the animal, only day. Yeah, they're out that's all year. One day, and yeah, yeah. they're if they've yeah. got a smile well, on their and, face from yeah. ear to ear, celebrate it. Don't don't yeah, judge yeah. it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's well, a positive experience hunting, right? Yeah. And they're going to share that with all their family and their friends. Like those are a lot of the people that they say, oh, my deer lasted all year. So they eat all the same grocery store meat or wherever they get their meat from. But the only time that that, that mule deer comes out or that white-tailed deer or whatever is when like they have like their buddies over or their yeah. family and they're like, hey, this is special. Yeah. And they, you know, and they, then they present this thing that they did themselves and they're so proud of it. And I mean, that's, that's a powerful experience, man. Yeah, yeah it Absolutely. is. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing. When you challenge yourself like that and you go through the like, you're hunting and it's like it's not easy. Like we talked about before, uh-huh. but you going through all the 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 pains of like not coming up empty, and then finally you get satisfaction of, of harvesting your first animal, killing your first animal, and then you go and show show everybody, and then all of a sudden you get like 
clapped. You get fucking smacked in the face, and it's like, hey man, like I go in there and I read some of this stuff, and I'm like, hey man, post your shit. Yeah, yeah, like just a lot of comments. Eh? Yeah, post yeah. yours and let's see what's up. Yeah, yeah, like fuck, don't knock the guy for whatever. It's legal. Yeah. It's fine, and yeah, it's awesome. That's a that's a a big one, obviously, like from the sheep hunting world right now, right? Is it legal? Is it right? You know, and it's yeah. like it's a big it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Is seven is seven years old? Like it's legal, man. Six over the nose it's legal yeah nowhere near peak breeding age but you know like a lot of guys a lot of guys pulling it and you can't really fault them because you're no, like but i mean because like, it, it's legal yeah but and why why would you i mean that's the thing is like it, that comes back to that's ethics okay is it legal yes it's legal did you pull the trigger yes i mean if you're looking for a world class if you're looking for a 380 well, yeah. inch bull or 200 inch mule there yeah then you wait for that's up to the that's hunter right. to do it if that's i'm going out yeah. yeah if i'm going out looking for a nice four by four typical or a nice six by six and the f- first one walks out it doesn't it's illegal yep that's what i'm after that's yep. what i'm gonna shoot that's right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah that's a big it's a big rift in the in the world hunting yeah. right now man okay well let's let's rewind here a bit and yeah. let's, i want to get into uh because we did some work on my knee like that's our, right our listeners know uh i had knee surgery yeah clean of, up in meniscus yeah I, yeah end of january. january yeah i had some stitches put in my meniscus i had some other shit cut out um and then what was it like three weeks later i came to see you and we yeah, did some work with like two uh, like two weeks yeah. later basically right when the so right when the holes close over you can start something called blood flow restriction therapy and and that's essentially a way to turbocharge capillarization because the biggest thing that happens after you get surgery is you lose one of the biggest things is that you have uh you lose a lot of your quad muscle mass and then during that time with like under the surgical anesthesia and the tourniquet that they use and all that stuff is that they you end up just having massive atrophy of your quad and whatever other muscles that are downstream. And especially when you're like, well, bear seasons in like 20 minutes, mm-hmm. like we got to like fucking go. And so one of the easiest ways to build, uh, you know, like the recapillarization, rebuild muscle size, rebuild muscle growth, strength, and all those things is the blood flow restriction work. So you essentially, I basically measure out this Doppler level of where the arterial flow of blood gets cut off in your lower leg with this big old cuff and then just start getting you working out at 80% of that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to explain it because I didn't understand a fucking word you yeah. said with those words. So basically. Let's dumb it down. Yeah. Okay. So basically what we did was we had, we checked, first of all, we checked, we put these cuffs on now. They slip over your leg and their Velcro and then Wardo um, pumped them up with air and he put a stethoscope on my foot and yeah. he found out what pressure needs to be to cut the blood circulation off on my leg basically a tourniquet yeah and so then we measured it we wrote it down and now that's what we needed to we had to redo that every time when i was going to do a workout so yeah, so that's a hundred percent occlusion and then you train it at 80 percent. so there's 20 percent of blood flow allowed into right. your leg now okay yeah okay good got you because i missed that point yeah i i because if it was a hundred percent we'd be in probably some trouble oh, well <laughs> yeah. dude it's crazy when you go like You'd be surprised. Like I was blown away, but anyway, so like, I'm going to get back into my explanation. So we put these on both, we pump them up. And then I do like a simple squat where I was like no weights. And I was just like squatting down and we put super a, high. Yeah. And yeah. And that's beginning. right too. We had a bench with a foamy on it. And Two I always, foamies. yeah. And I just touched my ass to the foamies going up for 30. Yeah. And like with these things on, I was like, like, holy fuck, man. It felt like I was bench pressing. Like I was squatting 500 pounds. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So what you can do there, and this is the, the easiest way to say it, is that you can trick a muscle into lifting a maximal load when it's lifting almost nothing at all. And that's, and that's due to the fact that we have only 20% blood flow entering your leg and zero venous flow. So the arterial flows blood into the rest of the leg, and then the venous flow returns it to the heart, right? And so as you have that occluded, all the, basically the waste products when you exercise, if your muscles start to burn, those are the waste products. And normally to do that, you have to lift either at a high intensity, high weight, lots and lots and lots of reps. But with this, you can literally be doing like a one, we had you doing a two pound hamstring curl. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like to the point, like you're completely oh, almost tough. failing. What did it when yeah. I was doing that at the beginning? Yeah. And we were just doing a simple, simple thing. I stood on a stool, put my leg down, had yeah a tiny weight on my leg. Ankle weight, two pound ankle And then weight. just bringing my my ankle up to touch my ass and yeah. it wasn't even making up all the way and i did i couldn't do 30 and then it it yeah. stopped like yeah. my leg just shut down i i you wouldn't believe it pete i was doing these things and my leg just stopped yeah it stopped working i was like holy fuck i'm done and yeah he's like okay now we got you know, we walked on the treadmill for a little bit got blood the, flow back yeah yeah I, I couldn't believe it like the feeling i was i was blown away by this stuff yeah 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 it's it, it was mm -hmm. developed like the earliest contracts were were from like the military owns recovery science down in the states that's how i found out about it i've been following it for maybe eight years at this point like now like current day and then um and then when i got an opportunity to start doing it in like a, a professional setting and then i was started to teach a little bit for this company called smart tools which created a lot of the online education it's just like, it's this awesome thing. Like, yeah. man, I've got a guy in right now who he rolled his ankle bad on the job site. And he's like, man, I got to get back to work. I got to get, I got this triathlon mm -hmm. coming up. And so he's got this super acute ankle sprain, same shit. Like what's yeah. your normal ankle rehab, right? Pull your foot up, push it down. But now if you do that simple ankle rehab with the blood flow restriction, you can still like turbocharge your rehab. Yeah, so yeah. he's like two weeks bad like he's still bruised his shit around his yeah. ankle and he's doing like a slant board squat and he is and with an ankle brace like he'll wake surf this weekend if he wanted to no kidding yeah yeah oh, for sure smokes. well and it's like okay with my knee or with your ankle or anything the yeah. best way to you know the the best way to help a knee recover is not to just ignore it is to build strong calf muscle everything strong, around it yeah everything around it so you're you're not you know and that's one thing that like, I don't think a lot of people know it, like, cause you talk to him like, yeah, I'm doing these strength efforts. Like, well, I thought you rested your knee. Well, actually the best way to strengthen, help strengthen my knee is to strengthen everything around it. So now my knee is not taking as much shock. Totally. My muscles are going to pick up the slack right. where normally would just be all that compression on my knee. And that's one thing about my knee is like, I could run and then I couldn't run because I had where the tear was, I had cysts that had developed and they'd yeah. flare up and I couldn't run for two days after so then i have to do the bike in between yeah right i have to do it mild and then it'd be fine i could run again and then i would suffer for two three days after that right yeah. i just it was just a constant battle yeah um and i couldn't like if i tried to do any leg workouts like squats with my fucking forget it yeah done yeah. like after one set i was yeah. done like my leg would just kill yeah hurt for two three days after that yeah, couldn't zero. Run. yeah zero leg couldn't do nothing with my legs and that went on for a long time and like yeah so like starting to train my legs and like, there's no workout that get like, man, 
fuck, I can sit there and do the bench 300 pounds, no problem. Yeah. Push-ups, fuck, you know what I mean? No problem. Shoulders, no problem. There is no workout that like gets that. your heart going and gets your, like, working out your legs. No. I don't, like, it is insane. Like, holy fuck, man. Like, yeah. I, for, I, I forgot what it was like to actually push it to the limit with your legs because I just hadn't been able to for so long because of my injury. Totally, man. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a wild one. Yeah. Like you essentially, instead of waiting with the surgery that you had kind of the standard route to go pretty much nothing for six weeks, other than like just some range of motion exercises and some like, you know, trying to get your full range and, and some basic stuff. And then at like the stuff we were doing at three at four weeks is the 16 is the 12 plus week mark. Yeah. And with way more like considered load yeah. on the, on the muscle because yeah. we're tricking it yeah. due to the BFR. Yeah. So like, it just, it just turbocharges everything again. Like you can't, it can't just work for everything as well. Like I got to You take into account the training ability of the person that's coming in. The rest of you is incredibly fit mm -hmm. versus if I have somebody come in and they're not in good shape and even that amount of like basic exercise, but the amount of, um, the amount of like acid essentially that builds up in the muscle, that burn that you get in yeah. the muscle. I've had people almost puke really from doing like, fuck all. Yeah. Like literally seated, no weight leg extensions and the hamstring curl and a high box squat. They've like had to like, well, like get themselves some Seriously? air, get a wow. water. Yeah. Full yeah. pail through wow. the face because their, their body isn't used to pushing it that hard. Mm -hmm. So when I have somebody like Kev who comes in, I'm like, fuck, I can push this guy like until he literally passes out and dies. So like, really, I've just got to mostly be concerned about his knee and him not working too hard. Mm -hmm. That's like, I got to put the bit between his teeth and pull him in versus other people I need to cattle prod forward. Mm -hmm. So yeah, gotcha. man, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. Like, and it's, it's something that I can't believe in the United States they are doing a little bit better because of the, the private like orthopedic clinics. They're using it as almost mandatory prehab and post rehab as well. Really? Because yeah. it's just, yeah, well, and your surgery is going to be that much more successful. Yeah. And like, that's one thing I wish I would have known about earlier, because I feel like I, because basically what you're doing is you're just doing a no weight squat. Like there's, very, there's, there's almost zero extra added weight to that, which would have been my injury on my meniscus Yeah, where I could have for the, you know, for the last seven years or however long it took our wonderful health medical system for me to, for me to get, get in, in. Yeah. to, for surgery, I could have been training my legs with it, doing totally. this route. My, my quads would have been a lot stronger. Yep. My calves would have been a lot stronger. I probably would have had way less damage done to my meniscus over time because you might but, not have even honestly needed surgery. Yeah. Like at that point in time, yeah, exactly. Because the amount of damage that you'd done just trying to continue training mm -hmm. on a leg that you couldn't yeah. train yeah. and then push it with like heavy loads yeah. out tons of time on the boots and then obviously, like, as soon as you basically eliminate, as soon as you put a boot over your ankle, you start to like eliminate the amount of motion in your ankle and your knee has to pick that up. Right. So it's why a lot yeah. of guys will like, oh, I don't have any knee pain at all in my tennis shoes or my runners. But as soon as I put my boots on, I now have, oh yeah, yeah. I now have knee pain. So you've got to imagine that you're now like taking, you're adding more force to that knee Mm -hmm. And now you also have less strength because you've been able to unable to train it for yeah, years yeah. on end. And that's going to lead to more damage in your knee. And that'll yeah, lead to those yeah. cysts and all that shit too. So yeah, it's just, and it's still sad that like, it's not even like, fuck, I'll talk to an orthopedic surgeon and they're like, Oh, I've heard of that. I'm not interested. And you're like, 
Okay. Really? I wonder why. Yeah. Because it, I mean, like it's it, like so. Would that work for like bulking up too? Like, could you use it? Is it is it essentially Great the question. same same thing as like me going out and, and no getting into squats? Okay, that sadly it. no. Yeah. It does not take the place of proper resistance training. Right. Basically, yeah. you need loads of seventy percent or greater to start adding kind of some size. Yes. Rough, roughly, that's not quite exact, but it's pretty close yeah. to adding. You need to add muscle sarcomeres and all sorts of different shit, but the science, the physiology behind how you do it, you need some of that where you can really gain a lot is when you're injured or you're have some sort of elderly population Mm -hmm. who like their biggest worry is one of the number one killers of, of, of the elderly is, is muscle wasting sarcopenia. And that's, that's like the, one of the number one things that you could easily be doing with an elderly population mm-hmm. is just because there's really no risk of blood clotting with this. There's really no, or, or like loosen a clot. You feel like that pressure might do a lot, but it doesn't. So no, it doesn't take the place of regular training where I do use it with guys is if you're like kind of getting overtrained and like bodybuilders and stuff like that. And they're kind of, they're trying to train around an injury, but they've got a show coming up. And yeah. so guys will come in. Now it's a hell of a lot better than doing nothing, nothing. nothing. Yeah. or yeah. a very limited amount of work. Like, you know, if you can, if you need to be doing, you know, 255 for sets of 20 on the incline mm-hmm. bench, if you're this big bodybuilder, well, I mean, or sorry, I guess we should use something, something else in the arm, say just for legs, like you're doing hack squat and you're doing 300 pounds for sets of 20. Well, now I can take you down because you've got this knee or hip problem and I can take you down to like a hundred pounds and you can keep doing those sets of 20 and you're going to get still a ton of capillarization and some muscle growth in that, Mm -hmm. in that muscle there, but you're not going to get the same. You can't just do that instead. But as far as like a hotel workout, man, like if you're, I've had tons of patients by the cuffs. They're like, this is sick. I'm on the road all the time. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. And they're like, I can just go down into a fucking hotel gym. And I can just like hit some five pound bicep curls and your arms are just wrecked. Oh, the, the pump you get out of those things is it's astronomical. Gnarly. Oh, like yeah. it, it's, it's painful. It's awesome. Yeah it, yeah. it actually is to the point where you're like, holy, I feel like my leg is going <laughs> to fucking fall off. And then you like, you keep going, <laughs> yeah. you keep going. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just like, Pete, like you're working, you know, and all of a sudden everything just stops. And it's not like I'm not trying to pull. It just actually like your muscles, you're just like, you, it felt like nothing there. I no, no. I've never felt like that. No, and I've no. like I've worked out till I was like blue in the face. I've run till I've puked. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I've I pushed myself to the point where it's like okay, like that's uh, enough. That I I, <laughs> yeah. I literally can't go anymore. And then you still go a little bit more, but that was like it just it was just like done. Yeah, flatline to done. Yeah, flat, yeah. like doing over. almost nothing. Almost nothing. Yeah, there was no. There's <laughs> yeah. yeah it, yeah. it a crazy something feeling. like that for my arms in the winter time for when i'm running the plow truck to strap it on there and just well yeah, and you can get them and- yeah. yeah and you can get them like uh yeah. you picked up a set yeah i picked up a pretty, set pretty inexpensive yeah. the number one thing is that you just figure out someone to yeah. set the pressure at yeah and that's i think is the tricky thing you have to go in but like for for somebody like having you here was easy. Just, I had a situation work and I had to be on site. So I, yep. and I wanted to keep the program going. Yeah. So I had to do it before work. So I it's ordered perfect. a pair. It was 300 bucks. Yep. We already had everything established. I already knew what I was doing is great. It's easy. But for somebody too, like maybe you live in a place that doesn't have access to something like that. They could come in. Yeah. 
you know, do appointment or two with you easy or a person like you get yep. what they need and then go home and well, then there continue are, that. There are new cuff systems. So actually we haven't even talked about this yet, but a company, um, move saga, they're S A G A. They're a, um, they just, we just are going to partner up for a little bit of like content creation. And, and I feel strongly about anything. I'm not, I'm not going to get, you know, paid by them. Um, but I'm just going to do content creation for them because I feel so strongly about, uh, like, like BFR. I feel strongly about a lot of things, but blood flow restrictions, one of those things that I just like, can't believe almost couldn't be like a somehow a subsidized thing by the government. And now they've got it. They've got such good tech in them now where I think it costs around maybe four or 500 for the lowers and maybe three or 400 for the uppers for lower and upper legs. Cause they're different cuff size, mm-hmm. like the yeah. circumference, not the width, the width needs to be about three and a half to four inches. If it's any narrower than that, it's actually like a good point. Just a sidebar. If you get an, if you want to order a blood flow restriction cuff and it's really narrow, it doesn't work. It needs to be like pretty, mm-hmm. pretty thick, like four inches. Otherwise it's too narrow and you're actually not going to occlude the artery and your legs just going to get like, it's going to be really painful. So anyway, so back to the move saga, they basically, they, you can strap it up and then they have a, they have a Doppler in the cuff. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And then that just does it for you. So it eliminates me basically altogether, oh, okay, yeah. which is, which is fantastic. Like I have zero problem. I know some people are like, well, how yeah, am I going to make any money? And you're yeah, like, shut yeah, the yeah. fuck up. Like yeah. there's like another Rather way than to helping go. people. They're yeah. looking to, yeah. Yeah. they're yeah. looking to make a buck. Yeah yeah. 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 And I'm just like, just more people, if more people bought these and then fantastic yeah, because yeah. more people need to train anyways, more people could really do a lot yeah. with this, especially man, that like aging population, dude, like, come on. Well, yeah. Especially if you knew you were having problems and you knew you were going to end up having to go for surgery and it's just, that extra tidbit, like you were saying, Kevin, leading into it, right, and then yeah. coming out of it, you're gonna feel so much more relieved that you know it's gonna speed it up. You may not have a timeline, but you know it's gonna be quicker. Your surgery will work better, straight up. We know this. This is absolute fact. That if you are in better shape going into surgery, and and of course nothing like no, no infection happens or something crazy doesn't happen, and yeah. you follow good advice on the way out, you'll do better your outcome markers are better. Like that's all there is to it. Yeah. So yeah, man. I mean, I was super thrilled that <laughs> as shitty as it is, I was super thrilled that you were getting knee surgery yeah. because I was super thrilled to probably talk about you talk about this on the podcast yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that, just because it, well, you know, I'm, more happy, people that know. I, I'm happy I got it done because like I said, man, it killed it. Like I'd go for, I'd still hunt with it. Right. But like right. by depends where I was going, you know what I mean? Like going to the Kootenays into the Rockies, you know, five, six days in and it, it's fucking painful, right? Popping ibuprofen and then yeah. hurting your stomach. And yeah. like, it's just grueling. But I'm glad I got it done. Like I, it, I wish it would have got done a lot sooner, but I sure. mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But with that, I wish I would have known about that earlier because like I said, I, I feel like I could have been training. I could have been strengthening my leg, which would have helped. Like you said, I probably, you know, my, that tear when it started was probably, a fraction Nothing. of the size it was yeah um you know by the time i got the surgery and all those cysts wouldn't have developed on the outside of it and that probably yeah. would have been a lot better yeah 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 that's exactly it and there's always different types of tears and there's different types of everything i'm not trying to yeah. talk shit about that but it's it's definitely providing someone an option when they're when they've got something 
that needs to be operated on yeah. is a, is something that I think we miss a lot at. Yeah. Well, and you see yeah. like going through the process of getting my knee surgery, when I, when I remember when I went to, they did the very first MRI, they're like, okay, well, it's a small tear. You just need to stay off your knee. And then like, okay, well, what the fuck are you talking about? What does about? that stay, mean? Yeah, what do you mean? Stay off my knee? Like go home for the afternoon and stay off my knee. Yeah. Or we talking I, like I can do months? that. Or I can do talking, that. Yeah. You, if you're talking like stay off my knee for three days, I'm not going to fucking stay off my knee for three days. Right. Like if my, if my legs can work, I'm going to be moving around. Like yeah. if, if like I'm not going to sit at home for six weeks and do nothing. Like I own a business. Yeah. I have to be moving around. And not only totally. that, I just, I, it's, it's worse for my mental health than anything for else. me to sit around and do nothing for sure. Than to have, fucking have deal with a little bit of knee pain. Cause I would probably have shot myself for sure. Five or six times over hundred percent. You were talking about is... that before your surgery even happened. You were worried about it. What yeah, you yeah. do with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's like one of the big problems too. Like we've got these outcome markers of, okay, well, Kev, here's your, you know, here's your meniscus tear and we get surgery on this day. And then in two years, this is what you are feeling like. And this is all like the questionnaires that you fill out. And then here's the guy who didn't. And we know in two years, a lot of those people get to the same spot. Here's the thing that we don't talk about often is a lot of people then lose all their habits of staying healthy having like going and playing yeah. with their kids maybe their work life had to change drastically mm-hmm. you know so on and so forth maybe they had to become a like a city bus driver instead yeah, of yeah. you know like they're owning a, a you know like a stonework company yeah all sorts of different things can happen versus just focusing on the knee like we just focus too much on like an individual part versus like the whole picture and that's like a i think that's a huge thing man that we that i that's like on one of the biggest things i try and talk about on the podcast too is like how to keep guys moving when they're a little banged up because yeah. who the fuck isn't banged up, man? Like, oh, I, I mean, I'm constantly no. battling something, oh, but you just, ending. the more knowledge you have about how to, or even just access, like, I mean, like we'll put up my information or whatever. I mean, if any of your listeners haven't heard of me before and they have a question about an ache or a pain, I'm always open just to chat, man. Like it's just mm-hmm. shoot me a DM, like what's going on. Like the amount of guys shooting me videos of, you know, yeah. like, why does this, my ankle hurt? And I asked for some basic stuff. And if I'm like, man, this is like, you you need to see somebody. I, I know people all over this country in the United States, I can at least get you close or we can at the very, you know, worst we do a video appointment, which yeah. works really well too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll put all so your I mean, stuff up for sure. There's I'm all about like, and, and I, I don't care about making money on it at all. It's yeah. more about like getting good information out there to people to keep doing what they love and staying healthy mm-hmm. and staying mentally healthy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And yeah. I, it's, that's the thing is like you, you start having pains and then what do you do? You look it up on the internet. Right. And then all of a sudden you're in the spiral yeah. of like, okay, well it could be a million fucking things. You YouTube it or do whatever. And all of a sudden yeah. you got cancer and yeah. like, well, fuck. or <laughs> even, you know, it'd be better to think you had cancer and then you went out and sent it versus like rest. Yeah. Rest, well, just rest makes it yeah. worse. Well, let's <laughs> see. Like I've, yeah. ne- that was never, that was never an option. Like the, when they say like, Oh, you just go home and sit. And then that that's there. seems like, you know, it doesn't matter. I I can go there for it. Cause I have brutal elbows from just my right. trade from Bre- yeah. bricklayer. I have terrible elbows and they're always like, we well, just have to rest. And like, okay, well, like, what do you mean rest? Like, I'm not going <laughs> to like, well, go home and sit at home for six weeks. I have a, I have to work. Like I, do you pay my mortgage? Yeah, exactly. And when that's the thing yeah. you're talking to well, the, to them and you're like well no that's not an option i can't just yeah. sit at home and do nothing but i mean like and then you just learn to live with these aches and pains but if you can find ways to still 
you know, do your day to day, but then maybe the pain is always going to be there, but it's just not so, yeah. it's not so fucking painful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can find you get a hold of you and then you can, there's some, there's always things you can do. I mean, there's for sure. st- stretching, like how many people don't stretch that should oh, stretch man, for sure. Like, yeah. it, like well, just stretching a alone. difference for me alone. Nice. Like even before I started doing your 30 and 30, yeah. started stretching two weeks before that. It's made a world of difference. Yeah. 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 And just yeah. in everything, just sleep the whole nine yards, but it makes also, it ties into, well, I feel a little better. I feel a little looser. Okay. So now I can go pick up a few of those weights. Oh, now that's helping yeah. out a little yeah. bit more. Now you start combining it and yeah. it, it's, it, it just What's the progression, right? Yeah. 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 Totally. It's just, you start to cut out the excuses, right? Cause you're feeling better. Yeah. And well, yeah, then you like, can push it a little you're more like, you're too. Like, oh yeah. You know what? After work, normally I'm pretty sore. I'm not. Maybe I will go for that run. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Maybe yeah. I will hit the gym today or what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you shaking your head for? Pizza, pizza anti-runner. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Yeah. You're a hiker. So it's fine. There you running, go. Running stupid anyways. I did it if in I, university. And it there you go. Hard. See, I like this guy. This guy's. Yeah. 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 yeah that's not this guy. Kevin. That beat that beat the that beat the enjoyment out of it for me. Runners high. No, I just rather yeah. be high. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm running, shit's gone downhill fast. And you should probably think of running too. <laughs> if somebody sees Pete running, they need oh, to do man. the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask why. Just start running. Cause I'm guaranteeing you there ain't no smile on this face and I'm just booking it. <laughs> uh, That's awesome, yeah. man. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, for your did you get a set of the cuffs for the upper arm I did, too? Yeah, yeah. In a pat- so it was the uppers, yeah, um, the lowers, and the then the uh, pumpy thing, pumpy yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That will um, we'll set your upper pressure too, and we'll start looking at some stuff you can do for you because you can do the same kind of shit for your upper arms, man, yeah, for your elbows, yeah, no yeah. Joke. And I was doing uh, so I went and I was doing shock treatment, you did some shockwave, yeah, uh, it helped. And you know, the thing that uh, actually I find works the best for my elbow pain is, and like one thing, like I shoot a lot of arrows yeah. and like, what's the one worst thing for golf, for tennis elbow? It's yeah. like drawing your bow back, right? Well, yeah. There's something to say about that too, though. There's the analogy for tennis elbow. If you went and you painted the fence yeah, and you got tennis and you got tennis elbow from it, yeah. actually you could go paint another fence with a heavier paintbrush more slowly mm. and you would probably fix your tennis elbow. Yeah. Really? So the same thing with drawing a bow back, if you drew your bow back and you had whatever, I don't know, like just a child's bow and you drew it yeah, 700 yeah. times, you would make your elbow worse. But when you're drawing your 70 pound bow back mm-hmm. slowly, it's actually not the, it's actually not that bad for yeah, your elbow, yeah. Yeah. which is good. Yeah. So like I do get sharp and I still get sharp pains and I yeah. did that. And then what I found, but like the worst thing is this oh, motion, yeah. right. Yeah. From yeah. my trial motion. Like yeah. I don't do a lot of yeah. that anymore, but when I do have to do it, that, that lights it up. Yeah. lights it up. Yeah. But I have just 150 pound um, grip. Yep. I hold my hand down behind my back and I do that and it hurts, Yep. but I do it every second day and then eventually it starts to get better. Yep. And then every once in a while it'll flare up and I'll just, you know, do, do that again. again. Yeah. And then like you, I, we were talking about my elbows before and you're like, yeah, hot, cold, hot, cold, ice yep. it. And that, that helped a lot. And like, it's a lot better now than it was. Sure. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the, the, the problem, the interesting thing about tendon pain and that's what that is. And that's what most pain, that's what a lot of pain is actually is tendon stuff. And the way you fix tendons, is by loading them, except you have to load them very heavy and very slowly. 
and now very heavy could be completely variable. Your Achilles is a, is a very strong bitch. Like it can do a lot yeah. and you have to load it very slowly and very heavy and, and under a lot of load versus like the little tiny forearm muscles. You don't need your grip strength will depend that a little bit, but you don't need, you know, to hold a 200 pound dumbbell in one hand, right? Mm -hmm. You can change your grip to something big and hold the hex head of a dumbbell, like slightly extended like that, like 20 pounds. Yeah for 60 seconds, do that six times a day for a few weeks. And, and, you know, like the top of your elbow pain probably goes yeah. away Yeah. for yeah. most people, obviously, then you got to take into account that you've done something, yeah. the same repetitive motion for fucking. Well, hour. it's hard to, if you keep having to do that motion. Right. So like, yeah, that's the thing is like, if you're, if you're in a situation where you have to keep doing that motion every day, cause that's part of yeah. your job and you can't take any time off work. Yep. And then you start adding that too. So that becomes when it comes to tricky because you're not getting like, doesn't matter what it is. You're still going to need time. 100 a little bit of time to recover yeah um, yeah that's where i usually get guys too, to like the same kind of because i have i see mechanics with a lot of the same thing yeah, right yeah, yeah. and it's the same deal they use a, it's a lot of like really small movements and yeah. like done repeated yeah it's not very often they take out the the like the hammer to fix you know your uh -huh. car kind of deal is that hopefully yeah, hopefully but that's i mean me. that's, that's... <laughs> don't take your car to pete yeah no. No. It's, it's, it's a big bolt it needed a big hammer it needed you know what we were out of the right tool so we needed a different one today yeah that's good um but yeah i mean if you can do that stuff and then you start chipping away at it and you start to make the habit of doing it again everything's just a habit you start to do it yeah maybe a couple times a day at work and i know you look a little silly but all of a sudden your elbow starts to get a little fucking better and you're yeah, like yeah then you start to believe right now you're like oh shit maybe i will be able to get better yeah for sure it's definitely nice when you do like it's just it's like you said, I mean, like get older and like we, we all like got people, the guys listening. I mean, they're blue collar guys. Most of them, right. Yep. They're, they're going to have bangs and bruises, bumps and tears. And like anybody in this, in this space who's hunted, who's in the back country, you're going to get bumps and bruises. And you're going to, and it's just like yeah. part of life. Yeah. It's part of life. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. but you just like, they're always going to be there. Like I have pain. It's never, I know it's never going to go away. And it's like, you just have to learn how to deal with it. But if you can learn how to deal with it and still keep your day to day and keep doing what you love to do and it doesn't cause you so much pain it's definitely a lot more enjoyable totally i think also just like figuring out like once you can kind of own it a little bit you had to you learn about it it doesn't control you as much you control yeah. it you're like all right like i know i'm gonna do this and i know that's gonna hurt right, yeah. but then i know i can do this and that's gonna help it and i think that's like you start yeah. to go down that path and i mean like man there's not a lot of chronic pain that'll affect you too much yeah, yeah. And if you can keep it from getting worse i mean you fucking awesome done well like oh, yeah, great man. you've already dealt with it up till now and it's not yeah. going to get any worse well great i'll take that any day yeah yeah okay. exactly man yeah yeah 100 100 cool man yeah uh we've been chatting for a bit here uh you got anything else for wardo no much right now we, um, we're gonna go back and uh we haven't finished this bow yet we cut out pete because we knew you're you got to get up early and we know how you get if you don't get your nine or ten hours of beauty sleep i, can, I can see i can see that you need it so i do know. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah i need my i need my i need my snack plate yeah i need my sleep <laughs> that's well awesome, you know it's, it's great we've had like we've had we had nolan on that's right a few weeks back yeah we had adam on yeah um, yonking off and now we got all the beyond the guy beyond the kill guys um I'm not going to lie. There was a little more trash talking going on when Adam was on last episode. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't sling, I don't sling too much at him. He's sensitive. <laughs> yeah, he gets well, butter. I think, I think this is leading into a part two. Going <laughs> off that right, right there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's good. I'm, I'm glad. Now I got, I'm gonna go listen to that episode now and see what kind of bullshit he was bringing up. Yeah, no, but thanks for coming on the show, man. It's, uh, I it's, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it's been it. Great. Um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for all your help. Obviously, I've been. Uh, I've learned that I don't know very much about, uh, about bows. That's oh, what I've learned. And like, you know, I've been saying that there's no, I don't think anybody does. I don't think there's any right way. I don't think there's any wrong way. I mean, you just, yeah. I mean, everybody's got an opinion and it's kind of just shoot consistently. I think that's really oh, yeah, the only man. thing. It, it doesn't matter that's what it. you do, but it, you know, it's fun to tinker. You know what I mean? It's fun to learn. Sure. It's like today, you know, you're tying your D loop on. I think that stuff, it just, it gives you confidence yeah. in the backcountry. Yeah, man, for sure. Like you don't want to go and shit happens and you're flying in on the, you know, you draw the doll tag and you're in yeah. there and then all of a sudden your bow's like a little fuck and you're like, well, I'm fucked. Hmm, maybe I'll fasten a spear or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, come on. Like yeah. you got to know something, yeah. right? Like yeah. something to do. Well, and like how many times, like I would like to know how many guys went on a hunt and their D loop broke or it got caught on a twig and it rips and teared. And they're looking at me like, I have no idea how to tie a fucking D loop. I don't know how to tie this. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's like in their, like in their bag, they don't have, they don't have an extra couple D loops. They don't have a set of pliers to deal with. Like everyone has a Leatherman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone has a lot of, that's what you, yeah. you just need a D loop, a lighter and a Leatherman. And yep. there you go. You can tie yourself a new D loop. Yeah. It's that simple. And save your hunt. And save your hunt. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Like we were talking about today. Even if you like, had to take, even Go if you it, had take pictures yeah. or write, write a note on on the procedures, like if you don't do it very often, you're not very confident. Go online. You got your phone guaranteed. You got your phone for photos or something for like sure. that, yeah. right? Have but, a video. So take a step by step screenshot, video, whatever you got to download. You know you got it. The most yeah. basic things. But yeah, you I know, know lots you... of guys who have. No, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. You know, the thing is, I mean, it to me, I I would get a bunch of D loop material. I would tie it on, I cut it off, and I tie it on, and I cut it off, tie it on. like a D loop material. You could buy; they're cheap. It's cheap shit, right? Yeah. And yeah. man, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know how many times I fucking tied it? I started when I started tying D loops that I put clicked on and I went to draw back halfway through my cycle, the fucking D loop came undone. Like it's happened. Always have an arrow. Yeah. Like totally. We've, oh we've, we've you you and I we've already learned. We yeah. lived that experience. We lived that experience. I mean, that's a. That's the first time that's ever happened to me. And it's funny because I've always thought that I'm like, I wonder how many fucking pulls you get with this. Cheap- <laughs> how many licks to the center oh, yeah. of this Tootsie Pop <laughs> yeah. before that fucking thing yeah. comes around. So like the next one I buy is definitely going to be all steel. And I'm getting, I'm going to get the one that hooks onto your drawboard and that's then you put idea. it in. Yeah. So you're not fucking yeah. around, but yeah, yeah, man, yeah. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. That was a pretty crazy one, but yeah, like it's, it's fun to tinker and it's good to know. The, it's good to know. It's good to know all the shit with yeah. the bow. It's good to it's, know, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially those even parts to have that, a second. No, go ahead, finish up. Yeah, just especially those parts that are, you know, that that things do go wrong consistently, right? Yeah. Like, like, oh my god, like how did my like the way you tie your peeps, obviously, and the way now mine's tied, it, it's not going to move around yeah. at all. But you know, worst comes to worst, you're like slipping and sliding through the fucking yeah. shitty brush up on Heidegwai or something, yeah. and all of a sudden, like you half cock your string and and yeah. your your peeps all jacked up, and you're like. I don't know what I'm doing now. Yeah. I'm you know, I mean, yeah, like yeah. It, at least yeah. having the idea to figure out how to do some of that stuff yeah. is super important. Yeah. Well, and like we talked about like with extra strings. Yeah. Like we, we put new strings yeah. on your bow today. Yeah. And then, so what we did was 
we had your bow set up perfectly. Yeah. We had it. We had your timing set up and then we cut it off at your, at the end. So you're using the QAD. Yeah. We cut it off right flush with the end of the, where it goes through the yeah. trigger. Yeah. And then we just burnt that a little tiny bit. We pulled it back out. So now that, that stayed on your string, right? Now we took your string off Yep. and then we put new cables on. Everything's new. So now you have a spare set. If you're uh, stranded in the bush, you have that in your backpack, right? Totally. You're, you're two days in on a 10 day sheep hunt and you're yep. way the hell out. And you, this is your, your one, this is your lifetime hunt. Yeah. We talked about how, you know, you can in the, push in the, it down. You can push your string down. You can put, uh, you know, a stick or something through the, cam. through the cam, hold it, change your string. But now the nice thing is your peep tight still in your, in your string. Totally. We yep. didn't take that out. Yep. Your timing string is still yep. your, ready to roll. Your timing cable is still the exact same. All you have to do is put that through there. Yeah. Take your Allen key, which you should, everybody should have a set. If For you're sure. bow hunting, should have all these things in there. Oh yeah. And know if they're metric yep. and not. Yeah. Jesus. And then you put it in there, you yep. tighten it up. You just have to run it to the end of your trigger. Yeah. And you're timed. You're done. You're not shooting any extra arrows. You're done. Yeah. It like you're, yeah. Yeah. you're 100% gold. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and just I remember I ran into, I ran into that last year. I, I had a problem with my string and I can't remember if it was my peep or not. That was something had moved on it and I nicked my string. It was only a couple strands and I was like, motherfucker, like we're, getting close, yeah. to we're getting close to September here. And I got a new string on, so, you know, and I had time to shoot it in all that, but it was close. And it's like, man, what if this had been two days before September? Right. The bow yeah. shops are, you know, if I had to go to a bow shop, they're all jammed with everybody trying to get in their last minute stuff. For sure. And it's like, yeah. wish I had a spare string. So my new one from last year is all fully broken in. Yeah. Bow's going into the shop this weekend. I'm going to, you know, the site's going on, new strings going on, and I'm going to keep that new you know, new of last fall anyway, string all, you know, all ready to go in a Ziploc bag and it will come everywhere I go. Yeah. When I go hunting, just in yeah. case for that crazy 100%. thing that happens. Right. But I mean, it would just end your hunt so quickly. Like it's just insane. Yeah. To know. Oh. yeah. Yeah. And it's something so simple and it just takes a little bit of time. And like I said, I mean, I had to go through it. Right. And like, yeah. it, to me, it's just, if you're going to bow hunt, it's worth just taking a bit of time and like, don't just shoot your bow and put it down. Like, you know, especially like a D loop. Like I've seen so many times and like, even like a D loop starts to chafe and guys are like, Oh fuck, I'm leaving. I, I can't fix it. Totally. You know, now it's like, well, is there one pull on that string on that D loop or is there two yeah. or like, like imagine yeah. there's a 400 inch bull walking in front of you and you go to draw back and your D loop breaks. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Or, you know, something yeah. happens. It gets caught. Cause it's, it's happened to me. I've, I've said, sat my, my uh, bow on a tree. And somehow the D loop just happened to go through a stupid little fucking kicker that was sticking yeah. out of the tree. And I went to pull it yeah. and it fucking almost tore the thing right off. It chafed it really bad. I had, totally. to, I had to uh, put a new one on. Totally. I mean, I wasn't, I was doing day trips and white, white tail hunting, but that just, I mean, if, if I wasn't and you have to do it in the field, if you don't know how to tie a D loop, a simple thing as a D loop, you know, it could, it could fucking ruin your, it could ruin your trip. It would suck. Totally. man. Yeah. 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 I think it's just always trying to be, I mean, that's like a little bit on the fitness side too, right? Is that, you know, no, you don't have to be in the best shape, yeah. right? But man, it's a lot nicer when you're not like completely exactly. dicked out there and you're six days in of a 10 day hunt and you've got to do one more drainage. Yeah. You know, you're not, yeah. you're going to make better decisions. You're going to be more safe. You're going to, you know, and all those things, right? Like, it's just, it's kind of all, it's all from the same bucket. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Okay, Pete, we're going to roll. We're going to get uh, 
Cool, right. buddy. Warrows Bow, tuned up. Pleasure meeting Good. you. Nice to meet you, buddy. That's sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I can't wait to. Uh, I'll give you a buzz next time I'm rolling through Invermere. Yeah, sounds good. Absolutely. Okay, okay man. Come down Later. to our 3D shoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's in July, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's yeah. a long time, man. Fucking A, man. Week af- a week after the long weekend. It's the weekend after. The second weekend. Yeah, I'll give you all. I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin's yeah. got all the details. Yeah, yeah. fucking A. Yeah, it, it is a good time. Awesome. Yeah, cool, man. <laughs> okay, we're going to take off. we got a lot of man. On that note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>Thanks again, everyone, for tuning into the Focus Hunting Podcast, coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoors production. Pete and I wanted to thank all you guys, the listeners, for tuning into the overpassed 100 episodes of the show. This journey has been a lot of fun for both Pete and I, and we couldn't do it without your guys' support, so we really value that. And uh, you're going to notice a bunch of promo codes down in the show notes. Use them, save a bunch. Love you guys. Until the next time.